Each failure is a step closer to success. You're listening to episode 15 of Learn With Us. I'm Nikos, and I'm with a special guest tonight called uh, Juho. Juho, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, it's Juho. Juho. Um, yeah. And your second name, how does that, how does that go? Webster Leiden. Excellent. That's uh, very easy to pronounce, right? Correct. So, um... We have a very special guest on tonight, and uh, Joho. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not very yeah. good at names. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to substitute that after. But uh, he's uh, he's the author of Survive JS, which is a really great, great website for many people, including myself, who are trying to get up to speed with um, Webpack and React. And uh, I first met um, Joho. Uh, Oh, you guys are going to be laughing every time I pronounce that, but just bear with me. English is not my strongest point. Names are not my strongest point, but anyway. Yeah. Um, I uh, first started talking to him about a year ago, when just after I started my YouTube channel, and uh, I think I originally re- reached out to him for... Uh, I, I think it was I was stuck on something to do with Webpack or something like that, and we just got talking, and uh, he was quite interested in video produ- production, and we had a sort of like similar vision for both of our careers and uh, he, he really is uh, he's, he's done a lot of good stuff for the community, the React community and the Webpack community um, really top top guy and uh, if you can go and visit his um, his GitHub I'll, I'll put it on, on his show notes um, yeah so um, would you like to introduce yourself um, better than the way I introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah sure, so I would say these days I'm a more like a consultant or like trainer and of course writer so I do a lot of things yeah and of course the main point is to help people in various ways so I have different level offerings uh, for different people so of course the free offerings and of course if people want to pay and it, then I mean I can come to a company and help so lots of options yeah so um um, Joho here, uh, he kind of like in, inspired me in some ways uh, to develop my own kind of brand and uh, I quite attribute some of my uh, recent successes to, to his inspiration and, um, you know, f- he just gives back so much to the community, you know, he's on uh, he's on Getter and uh, continually updating uh, Webpack so that, I mean, there's, there's thousands of people using his work and uh, I'll just um, go through some... Uh, questions about Webpack because some people might be wondering why what is Webpack and uh, so what is it that made you uh, interested in, in Webpack and can you just give us a little bit of information about what Webpack does? Yeah so I got interested I mean it goes years back uh, I was coding React and then I found I mean in the past I saw this file webpack.config.js I went to Webpack site it, did, it didn't make any sense then one day, I found React.Loader. React.Loader, it was a new project, like 10 stars. I found Dan Abramov, I discussed with him, and I got into this into this React.Loader. And the point is that when you get to know that, then you have to learn Webpack. So what, I didn't what, get what it. Was, what's, the, what's the loader called? What, what does React, it do? React Hot Loader. So it was hot, oh, loading, right. react, hot loading for React. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, so uh, because I was coding React, I wanted to code faster. And I found right. this new project, which is actually, it's very popular these days. So I got into Webpack through another tool that was related to Webpack, because Webpack enabled React Hot Loader. And then one day, I found this blog post by Christian Alfoni, but I guess we discussed, we can discuss it later. But to describe Webpack, 
what is Webpack? It's a model bundler that doesn't tell much. So what's that model bundler? The point is that, uh, let's say you have a JavaScript application. It consists of these models that relate to each other somehow. A model, it can be a JS file, or it can uh-huh. be a CSS file or, or image or whatever. And you have all of these files, but the problem is that you cannot give the files to the browser as is at the moment, because the browsers, they don't support enough. I mean, it's, it's, the support is coming, but I mean, it's, it's a bit, bit complicated. So for this reason, we have to take these source files and we have to convert the source files into something that the browser can understand. So that's why uh-huh. the, these bundles for a browser. So we give bundles to the browser and now the client can, can see the application and the files and whatever. So Webpack is in the middle. So it takes your application files, it performs transformations uh-huh. over the source and it gives you these bundles. So that's what the bundle resources with. Okay, right. And, um, you know, everybody has their own interests and their own uh, niches. And, uh, you know, I, t- I tend to like like real-time strategy games with, with, with WebGL and uh, I made a test recorder. But you, you spent lots of time uh, contributing to Webpack. So what made you become such a prolific Webpack contributor of all the other things you could have done with your spare time? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it's a little indirect because, I mean, I got into books, I got into writing by finding a blog post by Christian Alfoni. There was this blog post about Webpack and uh, what happened, we realized, or I realized that what needs to happen is that we need a really good cookbook for Webpack because the documentation wasn't that great. So that's why I started mm-hmm. doing my own own thing, own documentation for Webpack. And then uh, one day we set up a core team for Webpack. I got more involved mm-hmm. with the process. So I had to save the new documentation. So I designed some architecture. I enabled, I made it possible for to, for people to contribute to it. I designed basic things, basic structure. I didn't write that much documentation itself, but uh, I helped to get started with the new, new documentation. And other things, I mean, one, I spent a couple of weekends just categorizing the I, the issues on the issue tracker. So I realized there like there were thousand issues, and thousand I, issues. Yeah, literally thousand issues. <laughs> so I had to close like three hundred. It took a lot of time, but I mean, I decided this is one way I can help the project because the point for me is that the better Webpack does, the better it is for me because my business depends on Webpack on part. So if Webpack, right, right. if Webpack is doing well then I might do well as well. And this is the reason why I actually give part of my income back to Webpack. So I just give Tobias like 20% of my training income, 30% of book income. So if yeah, if I'm successful, it makes sense for me to reward Tobias for his work. Great. So you went from being a, a contributor and then a documentation con- contributor, but what actually drove you to make the Webpack book itself, and that's a huge project, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, if you look three years back, uh, I was kind of stuck in life because I, I used to do like freelancing and contracting. It wasn't yeah. going anywhere. So it was always like this uh, low paying work yeah. and always like short term. And if it was long term, it just it didn't get me forward in life. So then I decided yeah. that let's do something about this. Let's do products. You know, be, I can I can yeah. relate to you a lot. Yeah. I, I kind of felt the same way at that point, but yeah, sorry, sorry for button and on you go. Yeah, I mean, so I, I reached this point, 
and I had to do something. I realized that I cannot rely on on others. I started fighting, and I mean it was difficult at first. I had to learn a lot, but I I think I got a little lucky. I was in the right place in the right time. I was yeah. serving the right market, and I started getting some traction. Yeah. And a uh, year later, I realized that I actually had the business. I never wanted my own business, but I actually ended up with one. So now I'm a business owner because of this accident. Yeah. Of, yeah. So it's I like, think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's similar to myself because I kind of like was just in a kind of a rut in my career doing um, doing programming stuff, and I never planned to become a businessman. But to get to the higher levels, you, you just have to become a businessman, you know. It's, um, but then you, you start liking it once you get good at it. I mean, business for me was hard to get started, man. I just and I still don't like accounting, man. But you know, you, you sort of, it sort of grows on you, you know. And then you sort of get, you expand and become bigger and and, and you know more. Um, you get better better branding, you know. Yes, I mean the problem for me is that uh, I didn't like sales or marketing at the beginning. Yeah. Because it, it didn't feel right, but yeah, I mean, totally. once you start, once you change your perspective and you understand it's about value and providing value to people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I mean, one thing I have to learn early on, it's it's fine to take money from people. So I mean, it's, it's yeah. fine to charge money. Yeah. There's nothing wrong wrong in charging for your services. Yeah, and the more money you charge, the more value you can deliver, right? Yeah, but I think you have to be a little careful not to charge too much because if you charge too much, you will never get never get that client back. But if you don't, mind, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you don't want to, you don't want to charge too much and you don't want to charge too little. Yeah, so there's some balance in that. Yeah, how, how do you know if it's too much? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, uh, sometimes what I like to do, I try to negotiate so that there's a range. So yeah. I agree on the range with the client. So we do some kind yeah. of, let's say we do work a week together and we agree on the range beforehand. So this means that uh, I will get at least something. But if, yeah. we, if the results are great, I will get rewarded by the, for the results. So, I mean, that's one way. So you, and this actually goes back to trust. So the more, yeah. more trust you have, the more you can charge. So yeah. this is one, one reason why it feels like the right way. So you kind of have two negotiations. You first agree on a range and then based on the results you actually on the figure. Yeah. I think if if you charge too little, the client will say, Yeah sure, no problem. You've probably charged you've undercharged. If it's a little bit of resistance there, then that is probably the price is right. But yeah. if it's completely too much resistance then it's too much. You know? I mean so uh, I think that's yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the thing is that sometimes I realized that I didn't charge enough when the client says, yeah, this is fine. Because uh, yeah. in ideal case, they will say no. And then we negotiate a bit down and yeah, then yeah. reach the right point. But if they say, yeah, this is fine, you charge too less. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, going back to Webpack, do you see at this point in time, uh, this, is, uh, this is the end of November 2000 and... Uh, Oh, 2017. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I just got back from the gym and I'm, I'm a bit a bit tired. Uh, do Do you see that uh, at this point in time, there's much uh, industry momentum behind web Webpack that you know, people should learn it. There's huge amount of momentum. I mean, it, it grew so much in the past two years alone. So uh -huh. for I mean, Webpack grew thanks to React because React became popular and and Webpack was the tool of choice for React developers. Yeah. And then we saw adoption in Angular and, and then Vue, uh, WordPress, it's everywhere at the moment. 
so I mean it's worth learning, but there's another trend. I mean Webpack it gets hidden behind other tools. So maybe you don't actually need to know Webpack at them. That's a good uh, like, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but that still it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt because one, let's say you're using React create React app, this abstraction yeah. layer of Webpack, but one day you realize that uh, it this cannot do something I need. So yeah. then you eject. Then you get this big configuration and then you're lost. So that's when you have to learn Webpack. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm using a Create React uh, app right now with a, with a client I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually using Create React app TypeScript, which uh, I think what it does is it pulls... Uh, it's The guy does a rebase uh, on top of the Create React app and then he does his um, TypeScript stuff on top of it. But it works, it works absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, that's correct. So, I mean, that's the trend. So we see higher level abstractions over Webpack to hide the complexity, but that doesn't mean you cannot, you still don't understand the tool. Because once you understand, once you understand the tool, it's easier to make more advanced setups and actually understand what's going on. Because it's mm-hmm. a big risk to have something in your system that you don't understand, because one day it's just going to blow up somehow and yeah. you're lost. Yeah, I've got I've got quite a lot of open source projects, and just about every single one of them uses Webpack. But it's not like I'm doing a lot of different things. I mean, I'm only d- bundling JavaScript and images, and uh, I'm extracting some CSS. But uh, it is it is a bit. It does take time to get your head around Webpack. Um, but I mean, the, I think the fastest way out there to learn Webpack absolutely is to go and uh, go and buy a copy of um, Survive JS. Um, Webpack book, you know, and yeah. or even just you can go and read it as well, you know. So, so I mean, uh, what I did recently, I actually went through a book. I simplified it a lot, so it's easier to get in the book. Uh, you get the points faster, and the book is more more up to date, of course. And yeah. It's like uh, because initially it was like four hundred and fifty pages. It's a really long book, and now it's like three seventy, and you go through the first hundred books wow. and you understand the basics. So. Yeah. When I when I first met uh, Joho uh, um, about a year ago, I had zero interest in writing. I think you can remember that. I just like the the last thing I wanted to do is write blogs, and and a book was like the I couldn't imagine writing a book. Like I want to make videos, and you know that. But now I've decided that yeah, for to to get my career to go forward, I got to write a book, and I'm actually writing a book at the moment, um, Joho, on um, how to build software teams. So I'm writing about two or three pages a day on a, on the train, yeah. and I'm enjoying the process actually. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, when it comes to writing, I'm I'm let's say I'm intense, so I like to write whole day if possible. So I mean, for wow. me, write, writing is not about just doing something from start to finish. It's actually rewrite, rewriting. So I have to write something and then get back to it one day and rewrite everything and add more ideas, add more points. Yeah. So what, what advice would you give to like newbie authors like myself who are just in the process of starting a, a book from the first time? What, what a technical, a kind of technical business type book? I mean, I can give you one piece of advice. Uh, you have to get a feedback loop for yourself. You need feedback. You need tons of feedback. Yeah. So right. for this reason, the sooner you can get some people involved, the better. Because once you have other eyes right, okay. around you, they kind of, uh, the problem is that once you start writing, you, you, everything is obvious at some point and the problem is that it's not obvious to everyone else so and right, you're right. writing for, for other people not for yourself so you have to make yeah. sure that other people can understand and at least for me it took a long long time to find the writing style I like and and other people's like 
people like because uh, I mean you can write something that makes tons of sense to you but if, if it doesn't make sense to other people you're kind of lost right so, so two things so feedback loop and writing style you, you have to be comfortable some, some way comfortable uh-huh. and sort the market and, uh, and get tons of feedback you never can get enough feedback yeah so what what I've done at the moment is I'm using uh I'm using a tool that you recommended, uh, actually Hemingway Editor, which kind of it kind of makes um what what does it do again? <laughs> I mean, it, it Hemingway. Can, yeah, it goes through your goes your text, gives you advice. That's like one way to get feedback. You can get feedback on different levels. So you can get like grammar level feedback, or you can uh, use tooling to disallow certain usage of language. You can just have a lit, really kind of tight set of rules to set the frame in which you write but this is only one level I, I think it's 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 almost more important to get technical level feedback and, and this like different types of feedback because it all feeds back to the process so I, I would say that grammar maybe it's not it's not it, it's not the most important thing at first it comes yeah. later once you have the content is solid the ideas are solid the high, high level ideas low level ideas are, are solid you can always yes. improve things like grammar and like the details because that's going to, that's it's going to take endless amount of time to edit things together especially if you want the paper book okay so do you do you have any more bike books in the pipeline apart from um, webpack react and uh, yeah well, i think you have a maintenance book as well don't you or something yes yeah, so what I did this year, I mean, I realized that the Webpack book, it's far too big. No, I mean, not a lot of people have patience to go through 450 pages. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I realized that it, I have the same problem, problem as with the first book, because the first book was about Webpack and React. It was two books in one, so I split it up into two books. So yeah. again, it was, the, it was the same case, because I realized that there's another topic hidden in the Webpack book, which is maintenance. Oh. Wow, okay. Yeah. So nice. what I did, I took the maintenance concerns in the other book and then I got the old reader, old friend, Artem again involved. So we wrote a new book <coughs> together. We expanded a lot on the initial ideas and because the thing is that everyone has to maintain a project but, the, but there's not, and the information is a bit here and there. So what we wanted to do is to take this information and have one book that contains the good practices, maybe not the best practices, but good practices you can use in your in Such your a own, good idea, man. Yeah, in your own project. Yeah, yeah. So that's the point. So you read through the book and you look at your own project. You figure out which of the practices I can use. How can I improve the maintainability of my project? How can so I make important. my life easier? Yeah, yeah. And this is so very important. important. And the thing is that there were, I didn't find a good book that addresses this topic. Right. And it just happens to be one of the most important topics for me out there, like maintenance. It's like something yeah. everyone has to do, so why not to have a book on the topic? You wouldn't believe, yeah, you know what, I was just, I, mean, I was covering that topic very briefly in my, uh, the book that I'm writing. I was writing about how to hire the correct tech lead, and I'm saying the correct tech lead will see and prevent, help prevent maintenance nightmares because maintenance nightmares are one of the biggest uh, drains on company profits. Yeah, but it depends. I mean, sometimes you write one-off project. It doesn't even have to be maintainable. But if you're writing something that's supposed to last right, years right, and yeah. years, then you have to make different decisions. Yeah. decisions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
All right. So um, moving on here. So, you know, you've got a successful brand now. And uh, how does, um, you know, a, a developer like uh, myself, other people make their brand unique and um, have a, like a popular brand as, as a coder? Yeah, I mean, it's a little difficult question, but uh, I will frame this like this. So I think you have to have three things, right? You have to be passionate about something. Mm -hmm. uh, you need enough talent about something and you need to do uh -huh. something that's important to other people or to the market. Yeah. You need these three things and things have to align enough. And, yeah. and then you can start pushing or pushing in some direction. So you might push first. But what has to happen right. is that the market begins to pull at some point. So you get demand and it pulls you to some direction and maybe that's ah, it. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's what happened for me in the beginning. So I was pushing and pushing first, then I started getting attention and it was the market was pulling the content out of me. So once you get into this pull stage, uh, you have endless amount of work to do because now the market mm -hmm. is pulling you. And of course you have to be a little careful on which direction to go. But once you get into this pull stage, uh, that's when you can grow your brand. Right, right. So, um, where do you, where do you um, see your your business developing in the next uh, two or three years? You know that that we can, you know, be excited to what you're doing. Yeah. So What's I, next, I, I see. Let's say three directions. So, first one is of course the books. I, I think I want more books uh, on the market right. uh, because yep. the more books I have. Uh, the better it is, it is for me because then I have more sources of, in, sources of income. I don't depend yeah. on, on one or two books. Instead of one or two, maybe I have five or ten. Of course, it's a lot of time to invest. Uh, the books, they bring consulting and training business. So mm -hmm. that's uh, another direction. Yeah. So I want to do like this high-value short-term thing. So I go to some mm -hmm. company, help them to solve their problems. Uh, yeah. just provide the best possible value I can based on my expertise uh, yeah. third direction uh, is actually investing so instead, okay. of, in a, instead of trading works for money maybe I should uh -huh. use money to make money because I yeah. have a company and I can have capital in the company and then why not yeah. Yeah, yeah why not why not so maybe one day I actually don't do development anymore maybe it's only investing uh, just yeah. watching over the money because this this would enable me to do whatever I want but of course I'm already doing what I, what I want so I guess the life will not change much it will be just more let's say more safe when you have uh, money making money somewhere yeah so it's so good man I think you're doing you're doing absolutely brilliant and uh, you know that, that that kind of you're a role model for many of us out there I think and um, including myself so um yeah have you, have you got um anything else you want to share for the audience out there that are listening to my uh, mine and ken ken's podcast or by ken's uh taking a little break today and because uh, it's kind of hard to get the time zones correct but yeah <laughs> so yeah. i mean i guess two things uh you should check out the maintenance book just uh, get the overview of what's going okay. on there and I'll give it some show notes yeah yeah, give me some feedback on the book because it's going to shape the book and it's going to shape the content. Uh, another right. thing is that we are going to organize uh, a React conference in Finland. This is going to be the oh, first, nice. first international React conference in Finland uh, wow. next April, end of April. So nice. we expect like 300 people or so and, and we have really nice lineup. So we have like guys, guys like Ken Wheeler, uh, 
and uh, nice. it's the long list of speakers. I, I took a lot of care to get get good lineup workshops and everything. So so I'm, you you yeah. you're organizing the conference. You're actually organizing the conference. I'm one of the organizers, so I, I use my connections right, right. and and pass to get the right speakers to the right place. Yeah. How, how do you pick a venue for something like that? Is that quite difficult? Uh, well, yes and no. So I mean, we we were a bit late with the selection because uh, you know we have to. I think you have to book one year early. But uh, I think we found something really nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it depends on the city and so on. But uh, I think we found something really nice. Uh, and I mean, there's. I don't it. I don't think venue is the problem. The problems are elsewhere. So I think I think Finland must be a really really beautiful country and uh, quite a unique. It's quite an exotic. It's quite an exotic location for a conference because usually everybody say oh London and Germany, but like, Finland's like yeah I can go here have a holiday, relax, hit yeah. the saunas, get some ice baths, do some react. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the, that's the thing. So <laughs> I think if we do this right, people instead of just going to the conference, they experience the country. Yeah. So we want to you know, do some kind of Finland trip. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's exciting, man. You know, and uh, man, that's tempting, man. <laughs> yeah, it's tempting. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So, uh, oh, anything else you want to share with us, um, Joho? Uh, not really. Just uh, go check out the site, follow the blog, read the interviews, read the books, uh, ask me questions. So, uh, all the yeah. best. So yeah. yeah. So um, you can go on and um onto um, Joho's website I mean th- this, this podcast is like there's like five different pronunciations of your name here but yeah, <laughs> you must fine. I'm sure they'll forget the audience will forgive me but um, yeah so I'm, I was delighted to have you on the podcast and uh, we'll definitely need to um, have you on again at some point in the, in the future um, maybe in a year or I don't know whenever whenever we may have yeah. the podcast develops but uh, it's been great having you on so this is the um, well, this is wrapping up for today then and uh, everybody so you can go and remember to go on iTunes and uh, you know feel free to leave us all a, a five star review and uh, we'll have lots of information in the show notes about uh, the topics discussed here so thank you very much audience and thank you Joho yeah thanks a lot it was a pleasure okay bye, bye.